0: Hi everybody, and welcome to this episode of the Keeping the Peace podcast with me, Alexis Powell Howard. Today, I'm being joined by Gary Botterill. Gary has been in the Royal Navy and also served as a police officer for 28 years. He's an expert in wellbeing and trauma support dogs. He's an Armed Forces champion and helped set up the Sussex Police Armed Forces Network. And he also co-developed a police mental health app called the Backup Buddy, uh, which is available in many of the forces in the UK and abroad. He won a Winston Churchill Memorial Trust fellowship and traveled extensively to research PTSD assistance dogs and then set up Service Dogs UK, a really successful and quite inspirational assistance dog charity for veterans of the armed forces and emergency services with PTSD. In recognition of his knowledge in this area, he was invited to join the National Police Wellbeing Service to lead nationally with their wellbeing and trauma support dogs. I hope you enjoy this conversation. You're listening to the Keeping the Peace podcast, produced in collaboration between Oscar Kilo, the National Police Wellbeing Service, and Fortis Therapy and Training. Really, really pleased to be joined by Sergeant Gary Botterill today, um, and we're going to be talking about well-being, um, dogs and you know, trauma support that is linked to uh, having animals really and dogs around. Hi, Gary. Nice to see you.
1: Hi, Alexis. How are you?
0: Oh, all right, thank you. I'm really interested to have our conversation today because I've got a bit of a <clears throat> I've got a bit of a vested interest in understanding a bit more. So, um, so I'm fascinated to hear what you've got to say. So, there's no pressure. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, you've been in the police for 26 years, is that right?
1: Yeah, a little bit more now. Uh, I'm I've actually done my 30, if you include my military time. Oh ah, wow! Uh, okay. So, but I'm I've, I've I've kind of resigned and uh, and come back again. Uh, for
0: more. Uh, so. <laughs> gl- glutton for punishment? Or? <laughs> exactly yeah. <laughs> so tell me a bit about that time that you've had and that you've had obviously the military experience and in policing. Can you tell me a little bit about your different roles and you know where you've been um, where you've been employed really and you know some of the yeah. things that you've done?
1: Sure well I was in the Royal Navy for six years uh, and went uh, to, to, to various places including uh, such wonderful uh, destinations like Mongodishu, uh, <laughs> Djibouti, uh, Somalia—all those sort of places—as uh, well as some fantastic places like the Seychelles Islands, which was just wow. uh, just just heaven on earth. Uh, and uh, within the police, uh, I've had a a really fortunate career that, in in as much as that, I've worked with fantastic people, great teams. Uh, being part of the the LST local support team. Uh, which was uh you know just the best because you 're taking the fight to the bad guys there you're you 're on the front foot so uh that was really good uh, and then i've sort of um the last couple of years um i uh developed uh, an app called the backup buddy app uh to help colleagues with uh, to basically just to put it out there and 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 provide resources for people with mental health problems um and then uh i i kind of Finished off uh, on a well-being team for Surrey and Sussex Police, and trying to do my best to look after our, our colleagues uh, uh, and you know, sort of officers and staff, uh, and in particular with the focus on mental health.
0: Hmm. So, where does that interest in mental health and well-being come from? Where, where, why are you so fascinated by that, and what, what why is it so important to you?
1: I, I've had friends who uh, have tragically taking their own lives um, as a result of mental health difficulties and not being able to talk about it and uh, it's just such a tragic waste where uh, you know great people um, suffer because you know of, of their experiences um, and uh, they feel unable to to go and get that help that they they want they, some of them don't even know it's out there uh, so I kind of made it my mission to uh, to, to break down as much of the stigma surrounding mental health as I can to get the word out that actually, you know, um, it's the, the best thing that you can do for yourself and your family and, and your colleagues is, is to realise that you've got a problem and get help.
0: And I think you're right. Sometimes it isn't, it's not knowing where to go or who to talk to or what's available or even being resistant to actually recognising that you need help in the first place, isn't it? There's a lot of barriers mm-hmm. to accessing support from a mental health perspective.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, the barriers are, 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 as you just said, you know, that it's, and when you're, when you're in that state of mind, you're not thinking clearly anyway. So you kind of need somebody to grab hold of you and say, look, I can help. Uh, Let me, you know, talk to me. uh, And let's, let's, let's sit down and have have a a cuppa and work out what we can do. Uh, Mm -hmm. And and that's, that's really, really useful. But um, we've got people within our organisation who you know worry about their development throughout through the organization promotion they don't want to uh, in the past not so much now but they didn't want to reveal that they got they had a any kind of issues because it th- they thought it may may impact on their future career path
0: mm. and, I, and I think there is still elements of that we do a lot of work at Fortis with um, officers therapeutically and um there's definitely a, a sense of um I don't know, I guess a fear of being judged or you know, that, that having that longer term impact. And um and, and I think there's I mean I in my experience as a police, there's a lot less of that happening now than probably there ever has been. But it's still sometimes a question mark, isn't it, for people about do I take a risk and step forward and say, actually I'm I'm finding things difficult, I'm struggling at the minute.
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh there's always going to be that risk because you don't know how that's going to be uh, sort of perceived by people making the decisions about your future and I think that's Mm -hmm. always there's always an element of doubt there. Mm
0: -hmm. So when you are um, looking at how you support people who are struggling I I was interested there when you said you know sometimes you do need someone to just step forward and say come on let's go and have a cup of. I can I can see you struggling and I think that's key really in in when we're thinking about mental health and trauma and you know the impacts because often I think sometimes people who are struggling are the last people to see it whereas other people (laughs) it ripples out in behaviour it spills out in other ways doesn't it and other people probably recognise a shift or a difference before you might notice uh, how you're coming across differently or you might have withdrawn or becoming more agitated or whatever it might be so I think it's important that understanding of from colleagues as well isn't it of stepping forward and actually checking in with someone and recognizing there's a difference
1: yeah colleagues and supervisors um mm. supervisors have, 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 they've got a responsibility to to know their teams and it's not just about you know what they're capable of doing but it's it's about knowing um how they respond to things in a normal way uh so you can pick out anything that is is unusual or different and you can mm. kind of spot if there's any sort of problems with them uh, so mm. you can you can you can help um, and you want to be that that sort of, the, the ideal supervisor is the sort of person who uh, people can look to and say, actually, you know, if I'm struggling, I'll go to that person and not worry about it and, and mm. be confident that they, you're going to get the help you need. Mm.
0: Do you think that's definitely improving in the police at the moment?
1: I think it's, you know, a work the, in progress. <laughs> in and Wales, I think, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a work in progress. Definitely. I think, you know, now for the first time where we're bringing that into the training um, and, you know, Oscar Kilo uh, have got courses for supervisors. So before that, we didn't have that. We just we just had we, we, we had supervisors who were naturally good at this, mm-hmm. uh, but. We, you know, I know the supervisors who just don't get it, don't understand it. And they, they do need that impact, uh, the input so that they can they can figure out, you know, how they can best look after their people.
0: Mm. I think you're right. And I, do, I don't think that's, um, you know, it, it's happened across lots of sectors, hasn't it? Where you've got people with a natural empathy or compassion or that natural ability to, to kind of recognize what's going on for people. And then others who just, just don't see it, it's just not part mm-hmm. of their makeup. <laughs> Um, And so that training is so important to give people that information. You can't, you don't know what you don't know at the end of the day. And that's the bit where that kind of steps in. Oscar Kilo do a a huge range of different trainings, don't they? Different resources.
1: Yeah, they do. Uh, And I think, uh, you know, right from sort of superintendent level to uh, first line supervisors, the the training is there for people to access. Um, And I think uh, from the... The feedback they've had about the training has been really well received and it's opened people's eyes they haven't kind of realized and some people have thought oh, do you know what maybe I could do this slightly differently and get a better result and, and that's what it's all about
0: absolutely just opening your mind up isn't it to being a bit more curious about what's happening for people so I'm really fascinated to hear about the dogs so I want to know more about <laughs> more about this Gary. <laughs> um, so, so tell me tell me how you got into this in the first place what why you know why did you go down this route in looking at well-being dogs and you know that kind of support
1: well as part of my uh, my sort of mission really to to, to give a better uh, outcome for people from the armed forces and the emergency services with post-traumatic stress disorder um i um i started a charity called service dogs uk and uh, it's a it's a PTSD assistance dog charity. It's uh, I'm really pleased to say it, I'm very proud that it's the first uh, and only PTSD assistance dog charity that's been fully accredited in the UK.
0: Um, and which 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 is an incredible. I mean, I was reading about it online. I mean, it's an incredible um, organisation, isn't it? That you've you've set up no, really. It's it's fantastic,
1: and it's 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 managed to do that because of the brilliant people who are involved and who give their time and their passion towards it. So um, it's it's just really fantastic that we've been received so well. We've just had a, 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 a only today, we've got an article in Your Dog magazine, which is a a two-page article. And in it, we've got, for me, the best thing is the veterans telling their story about how they've come along to a charity, And they would be the first to admit that they've been a little bit broken uh and then through the process of being matched with a with a rescue dog and going through that nine month intensive journey together they've come out the other side and they are changed uh and uh, for me it's the biggest thrill ever to when i keep getting those stories from people who've gone through the training they, they give me this brilliant feedback about how it's changed their lives,
0: it literally is life changing, and probably I would imagine life saving in some cases.
1: Yeah, I mean, many of the, our veterans would say, if it if it wasn't for the dog, I wouldn't be here. Um, and uh, you know, that 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 that's really uh, important. I think there's different things. I, I, there's lots of different things that affect different people. And I think if you can tap into something that they're innately interested in um, and develop that, it can, it can help them a, a lot. And dogs probably aren't going to do it for everybody, but um, when people are matched up with a dog and it's, it's in their DNA uh, to have that symbiotic relationship, then, you know, it, it is brilliant. And you, you can actually see over that nine month period, how people grow.
0: So- I was just thinking about some of the clients I've had over the years. You know, veterans who've had therapy dogs, and just watching that that bond—it's an attachment, isn't it—that forms. Why do you think that's so helpful? What is it about that particular relationship that really helps when you've when you've had or you suffer with PTSD? What what do you think is the kind of magic ingredients, really?
1: That's a, that's a good question. I think there's there's several ingredients. Um, I think for service people. Uh, and people from the emergency services you're used to working as a team um, and then you know potentially a a lot of the people who uh, who join Service Dogs UK are are isolated they're not no longer working with that kind of team they've lost that camaraderie they've lost that trust in another person or 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 or, or in this case an animal Uh, the the loyalty that you get um somebody to, to be with you 24-7 and, and have your back. So that's the kind of, that's, that's some of the stuff, but there's a huge amount more to it. That there's a science behind it. Um, sh- sharing oxytocin with a dog is, uh, it, it lowers your cortisol levels. And that's a major problem with somebody with PTSD because their cortisol levels are, are high all the time. So having the ability to have, those levels lowered means that they're less stressed um they're more able to relax um the the hormone engenders that feeling of trust uh, and security which is exactly what somebody with ptsd needs um and then also you get the dopamine hit uh, looking into those puppy eyes uh, and it <laughs> makes you feel good yeah uh, absolutely and, you know you get that, that that positive energy from that so Um, so there's all those levels and then on top of that we add the practical things that we do so we teach the dogs to wake people up from nightmares before they get too bad uh, because going through that is horrendous and it puts people off sleeping so people are able to go to sleep knowing that if the nightmare gets too bad the dog's going to interrupt them Um, we teach the dog to interrupt zone outs and flashbacks uh, and depressive behavior by looking at the cues that the veteran has got and then teaching the dog to spot those cues and intervene early. And then we do a lot of other stuff like taking the, taking the person to the nearest exit when they, they're they having a, a panic attack. Um, if they need it, we do the, the fetch meds uh, and the positioning around the body to give them a little bit of space. Uh, but then, there's the social element as well i mean anybody who, got, who who's got a dog you 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 meet other people and you can you, you know you're you're able to um say who's what dogs the dog's name is and name all the dogs that you come into but you you potentially wouldn't know the person you're speaking to so and this works just as well with oscar kilo it's that furry bridge to communication it's that little thing that that you've got in common uh, that actually opens up a conversation or the goofy thing that the dog's doing that makes you laugh. Mm. Uh, and, 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 you know, dogs, um, when you get dog people in the room, it's, it's just amazing. They'll, they'll, they'll show each other photos of, of their dog <laughs> on their phone all the time. Uh, as soon as I mentioned dog, oh, I've got a dog and this, you know, and it's the same with everybody. It's a natural Uh, thing that people want to talk about and want to share and then that leads on to other things
0: so I can absolutely relate to that as you're talking I'm thinking I want to tell you about Digby I want to tell you about my dog German Shepherd (laughs) very uh Massive part of the family, very naughty, does things he shouldn't trade in the bin, things like that. But it keeps, but it, but it very much in the here and now. And I think that's something for me with, with dogs particularly is that if you're looking at something about mindfulness, they are, they are in the moment, aren't they? They're in the here and now all the time. And I think when you're being taken back to something that's traumatic, having a being with you who's literally right there right now, I think is so grounding. It's, it really brings you back into your present moment.
1: Yeah, definitely. And that, that's one of the key things, the key jobs that the dog does um, is to bring people back to the here and now. So wherever their mind is, when the dog starts nuzzling, oh, yeah, three, two, one, back in the room. I've yeah. got a dog to look after and the dog's uh, leaned up against me. So I know I'm OK. Mm. Uh, yeah, it's, it's vitally important.
0: Do you think the, the other part of that, the looking after bit is important as well, you know, being responsible for, for the dog um because again it's a it becomes a protective factor doesn't it in in mental health and and looking after if you're responsible for someone else or something else an animal or a, a, whatever it might be in your family you're more likely to to almost work hard to be able to stay here rather than those suicidal ideation that can take people into other ideas
1: yeah you've got responsibilities and you're, you're you, you know you're you're the nurturer for that for that animal you're you're, you're the person who who takes the dog out twice a week and and twice a day? Sorry, There's <laughs> uh, <laughs> so lots um, of dogs that aren't being walked enough. <laughs> oh dear! Oh, I can't believe I said that. But yeah, uh, so <laughs> you're the one who's looking after that dog's welfare, and that is a responsibility, um, and uh, it's it's an important one. Be, uh, and with with those partnerships, you know, they rely on each other. Dog and 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 the human rely on each other, and uh, uh, it's a feeling of of, of for some of our guys, it's a feeling of worth as well because you know they their self esteem and um their sense of self worth is, is is pretty low. Uh, and then they meet a dog that thinks they are the bee's knees, they're wonderful. Uh, and you can't that person can't put a foot wrong. Um, <laughs> dogs are great for your ego, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. absolutely. <laughs> Uh, there's that saying i always I, I as the person my dog thinks i am uh, <laughs> i've got a mug with that written on <laughs> <laughs> yeah, i mean they are they they, they are brilliant for for, for as a feel good factor generally uh, and I, and i think that's that's there's a there's a lot of that um that you get back from the dog which you know nobody else is going to give you that level, that that amount of absolute sheer love and adoration um yeah so it's,
0: it's yeah, it, and that's when he was saying because when, when I was reading about the work that you've been doing I'd written down oxytocin with a question mark because I was thinking it, it must be triggered to the love hormone because that's what that is isn't it that kind of overwhelming feeling of of love and affection and caring and you know it, and it, it is an unconditional relationship where when you're looking at PTSD there's life becomes very conditional there's lots of rules isn't there to keep, to remain safe and to you know to try and manage risk and all of those kinds of things um and it feels like that unconditional love that unconditional relationship is really key to being able to open up some of those rules that maybe we've made to keep ourselves safe or you know just kind of loosening some of that
1: yeah definitely and um, within our program what we do is um is we get the 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 the, the uh, veterans who may really struggle uh, going out in 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 the open meeting people going into villages and towns it's it's the sort of behaviors that they avoid Uh, many of them have become very reclusive um, and they don't want to go outside they don't want to face the world so part and parcel of the program is we do field trips and we go out and about and and into into the community Uh, and we do it bit by bit like 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 dog training bit by bit and um, we build up their their ability to do these sort of things um, and we tell them to concentrate on the dog because all the time they're concentrating on the dog and making sure the dog's okay in traffic in noise or if somebody starts yelling or if a, a car backfires all the time they're concentrating on the dog they're actually learning that those things are okay for themselves because yeah. they're functioning the dog through that situation but what they don't understand necessarily is that they're actually coaching themselves through at the same time so that that's that's really um impacted for them because we've found uh this this year uh, last in fact last week I came back from Crufts uh and we've two of our veterans who really really struggled to do anything in public were at at Crufts with us and yeah they, they only spent four hours there but that was amazing! What a yeah. fantastic feat! Uh, they came in uh, together, uh, came into a, a really jam-packed show, and were able to talk to people about the charity and, and what you know their own journey, um, and and leave. Uh, and after four or five hours, so yeah, amazing! And that's that's the kind of journey that happens when you are coaching your dog through all the difficulties that you actually face Mm.
0: I was just thinking as you said that it's like who's rescuing who who, you know that (laughs) uh, and and I often think when we're training dogs you're training the owners aren't you but in general anyway and when you're looking at it in terms of you know well-being and therapy dogs it's a it's a codependent relationship that you know you, you, you're helping each other out that's what it's all about isn't it for kind of almost learning the same language and being in step with each other and you know all of that that great stuff that helps that recovery
1: yeah it's it's all about um and that's how our, our training is is structured so uh, we don't teach the dogs anything we will never take the lead and say this is how you do it uh, we always talk the the veteran through what we want him to do with the dog and we allow him time and space to actually get the dog to do it, um, and sometimes it takes a while, uh, but that's fine because you know that's part of the journey. And then when the dog does that wonderful thing, like a, you know, it could it it could be anything. Um, and when the dog gets it right, the the reaction of the veteran is just amazing, and that they will they will go home with a big smile on their face with all that positive energy for being able to accomplish something with their dog all by themselves.
0: So, yeah, so there's something there as well, isn't there, about achievement and, and, and value and all of that, that good stuff as well that, that kind of kicks in. I think, I mean, I've, obviously I'm not a veteran, but I've, I have had PTSD from something that happened to me when I was younger. And I think, for, for me, there's something about that groundedness that comes from being around that calm, calm energy and it it really does I think just lower the heart rate it low it lowers everything down but also as you said there's that bit about actually if you're if you're in this position with a therapy dog if a dog achieves something you've achieved something and it's that it's that constant kind of payoff between the two of you so you're a unit you're in it together and I think that's so important when the world seems quite scary I think that's really important
1: yeah, I think so. Yeah. And, you know, that's what we're all about. We're all about a partnership. We're all about a team working together, getting each other's back and, and helping each other through whatever is thrown at them.
0: So when you're looking at um, who can be involved in this kind of way, this programme, if you like, this way of, of um, developing these relationships, how do you choose which dogs are, are appropriate and how do you choose which person is appropriate, their person? How do you do that? so we have
1: a um an assessment um sort of process for the dog uh, and, and we get our dogs from rescue so we tend to go to uh, the dogs trust do an assessment there if the dog's got what it takes we'll take it into foster allow it to get its paws under the table see its true character come out uh, <laughs> see what really happens <laughs> yeah exactly and we'll, we'll do weekly assessments over a number of weeks and then you know, we, we used to have a, a number of weeks, but actually now we've decided just to, there's no point because uh, some take longer than others to, to adjust and, and for their cortisol levels to, to, to adjust after they're in a new home. So um, we will just uh, observe that dog. And if we think that it's got what it takes, the dog will start on the programme and come into training where it may meet a veteran that uh, has gone through a similar assessment uh, where we've done, you know, they've done put in an application, we've done, we've had that phone chat, we've given them a no holds barred uh, idea of what the programme is and how challenging it is and the commitment that we expect and if, if they're, they're up for that then we'll meet them and their family um, and go through in, in, in even more detail about what's involved. Uh, so we bring the, the, the dog. In, and the veterans into a um, into the training, and we'll match them up. And they'll usually a dog and a veteran will kind of swap over a couple of times, different dogs, different veterans, until we think we've got a match um, that they work well together, that they kind of read each other. Mm. Um, and then there's the big love thing as well. So uh, if they've got that as well, then that they they're kind of good to go. And then. There'll be a series of doggy dates, uh, sleepovers, and then eventually the dog will move in, and they'll start that nine-month journey together.
0: Mm. So it's quite a—it's—it sounds a really thorough kind of assessment. You want to get—I suppose you don't want to set anyone up to to fail, whether that's the that's the person or the or the animal. You don't—you want to give them the best opportunity, the best chance possible.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And we need to make sure that um, with with the humans that you know, this is right for them, because um, some people may, may think it's a good idea, but actually when you sort of delve down into it and the responsibilities and their lifestyle and how it fits in with everything else going on in their life, it may not be the best thing for either them or the dog. Um, bearing in mind that the dog will be with them 24-7, so it's not like you can just park it and go out and do do your own thing. That's the commitment, uh, and you know we, we want to get that across right from the beginning
0: and I guess for some people having the dog with them 24 7 that actually is absolutely what they want they want that company and they want as you said all those things that you can train the dog to be able to recognize and step in and I mean it's incredible really isn't it when you think about how you've managed to do that so that the dog can read the human and and recognize the struggle I suppose the 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 triggers
1: yeah yeah and and you know when we're assessing a dog we are looking for for dogs that um are naturally empathetic towards humans so and we do a number of tests to 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 try and find that my favorite test is to just walk off as as you've got you've got the dogs you know you've gone for a walk and you've done a little bit of agility and you've had a little bit bit of a play and all the rest of it and they've had a chance to sniff and do all the things that they want to do and then you suddenly just get up walk to the other side of the room and sit down you're back to the dog and just to see what happens um, and invariably if we've got it right, the dog will come over and I've uh, had dogs sit in my lap, uh, but invariably they'll settle down and sort of cuddle into you. And that's, mm. that's the sort of dog that we want.
0: Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And how often does it, does that happen quite often that you, that a dog does react like that? You know, is it more often than not or are there times when yeah, that doesn't happen? I,
1: yeah, they are naturally empathetic creatures, so they 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 want to help. Um, not all of them; some of them are a bit aloof and they want to do their own thing. But the ones we're looking for are, you know, they 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 just want to do what you're doing and uh, enjoy what you're doing. And uh, if if, you, if they think that you're upset, they they want to find out what's going on and and, and, <laughs> you, and you and all that sort of stuff. It's like, let's
0: sort this out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It sounds incredible. And do you after that nine month program, which sounds—I was thinking about almost almost like giving birth. You know, that kind of—it's like a pregnancy. <laughs> there, there must be some trials and tribulations during that nine months that that you oh, see.
1: Yeah, we, I mean, we get it all because you know it, it's the it's the kind of thing that we do. Uh, we all our staff uh, and our trainers—they they know about PTSD. They've done you know we, we do training uh, we frequently have tears uh, uh and people walking off and coming back and that's but that's that's all part of the the um the environment really um and that's all and 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 they're happy tears as well as tears yeah. of frustration um uh, you know we get the whole um a whole varied um lot of responses at, at training and we're we're trained to deal with them all and turn them into positives and to help people and refocus them and get them thinking about the the training and 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 giving them give them the 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 solace that they need through the dogs as well so um but our training is is the most positive thing in the world i i every now and then i dip in I, i go and i'll go and do some training with my with my ambassador dog poppy uh because when i come back i i just i'm on a little bit of a high for the rest mm. of the afternoon because uh, it it's just a feel-good thing it's all positive training all positive reinforcement uh, it's all uh men speaking in in high-pitched voices we've got women speaking in high-pitched voices but it comes more naturally to them it's much funnier <laughs> the veterans try and emulate that high-pitched voice to get your dog's attention so yeah. um so we have a lot of laughs uh there's a lot of banter there's usually cake and pies and things like that as, as that's well. perfect <laughs> oh it's, it's it's great but the wonderful thing is that um when they go through that process we've got several who have come back and said we want to give back now we have we have really benefited from this and what can we do so they will they're happy to talk about what, you know, the charity and the media. Um, uh, some of them who, who can give the time uh, have come back as mentors for others and they help out with the training and they help out generally with the charity. So mm. yeah, so that's great. And they're doing something positive. But others then, which again is really,
0: really good. Well, I just think it's almost paying it forward. It's that reciprocal feeling. And it's, it's a great feeling, isn't it? When you feel like you're you're putting back into something that's really helped you. It's it's a really positive emotional investment for those for those people to come back and be involved in it. There was a few things in what you were just saying around that that nine month process. And I was just thinking about how, you know, going through a process it's a process of change isn't it it's a process of letting down barriers for both for the probably for the dog and for the, the person as well but letting down barriers and learning to trust again maybe and and be vulnerable and you know all of these things that can be hidden when when we've when we've gone through something like ptsd
1: yeah definitely and the other thing is they in an environment where they don't have to explain ptsd to people because you know Everybody else. gets it. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> so, so there's no explanation needed at all, and people are going off having a little bit of a cry either because they're really frustrated, or or they're having a wonderful time where they just can't contain themselves. And, and you know that emotional uh, dysregulation is part and parcel of it. So uh, it's kind of it's kind of normal, really. It's uh, it's 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 standard. But um, yeah, the um, the everybody is aware uh, and everybody is overwhelmingly helpful and supportive. Uh, supportive of each other
0: and that peer support in itself is powerful isn't it it's just yeah, as you say just knowing just knowing you don't have to say something if you want to you can but if you don't want to you don't have to it's yeah. it, it's that choice that you're giving back again i think that's really important too yeah absolutely so when you're looking at this from an oscar kilo perspective because do you take the dogs out with because obviously there's the um i can't remember it's the well-being kind of i was going to say van but that sounds really bad but you know what i mean they're kind of going around and doing those tours and things yeah, so the dogs do you do that with the dogs as well yeah we
1: do yeah so we link in with the uh the oscar Kilo well-being vans uh, that's the it at- well-being vans yeah <laughs> yeah <the> at- <laughs> service um they do a fantastic job um and we've had we've had some some incidents some some fairly tragic stuff going on where they've deployed a van to help um, help the, the the local officers, and we've deployed a dog or two uh, to help out as well. Mm. And the dogs and the vans work really well together because the vans are a great big sign to say, look, actually, you need some support, we're here. Yeah, we coffee and tea, and yeah, you know, and you know, but come and have a chat, and you know, we've got peer supporters here. And the dogs now they wear the jackets as well, so you've got them shouting out to the world that actually you know we're here we're here to support you that's Mm. there's no there's no stigma involved and again that's where the the dogs come in uh, brilliantly because yeah people want to meet the dogs and where the dogs are all about you know breaking breaking down the stigma it's good to talk and that sort of thing and you know everybody wants to be with the dogs and the message about mental health um um comes across really really well when you've got the dogs to to kind of get you into those hard to reach places
0: Mm. literally that you said about that furry bridge earlier it's like that 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 it's literally bridging the gap isn't it between having this big beacon of this well-being van and saying look we need to be talking about this and come and talk to us with actually the dogs are there like you say you're more likely to go and say I'm going to go and grab a coffee because I want to go and see the dogs and, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and that starts off a conversation just like it would do if you're walking through you know wherever you live with a dog it, you're absolutely right it's that social break it breaks down any of that kind of awkwardness I suppose because the dog's a common denominator.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and you, and you take the dog into the, the, the station or the control room or the investigations room, what have you and things just stop for a while. Um, reality gets suspended and people start getting down on their knees and giving belly rubs to the dog and you know, <laughs> it's, uh, it, it's amazing yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's, it really is and it's weird you know, we're a nation of dog lovers most people a lot of people have got dogs. And yet you bring one into an environment where you don't normally see one, and it's like,
0: wow, a dog! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, completely. I I, I know exactly. I, I'm a, I'm a bit of a nightmare. I'm I'm almost like trying to find ways of walking so I can go and pet a dog, <laughs> like, you know, just to kind of be near it. Because I think what you are, we are drawn to. It. That's why it works so well, isn't it? Because we're drawn to them. It's it's you know, it's an age-old relationship that's worked for for centuries. Yeah. Um, and, and you're just using it in a very constructive but also very um structured way as well in terms of making sure these relationships are set up to be successful and um and also long-term relationships as well which sounds incredible I'm sure I know we use therapy dogs sometimes with children in schools and um you know when we're we're working with them therapeutically but sometimes just bringing a, a dog in and doing some group work and you know uh, is it just again it just lowers all of those tensions all the cortisol comes down the adrenaline reduces and um one place we work in that they have a therapy dog in the school that the head teacher owns and it's just in the school all the time and you know they never quite know where it is it's been taken off into classrooms with children and just a just again just very quite a homely feeling I think which is what feels a bit less clinical a bit less you know um I guess school-like or business-like or whatever it might be it just feels like it breaks down some of those barriers everybody just melts a little bit
1: yeah yeah absolutely absolutely and um we're, we're finding that within when we so the ok9 o- o- dogs also being used in the community um we uh we had a dog uh that went into a woman's refuge and uh, the the, uh, the the child um who was six saw her mother being assaulted by the father uh, and it, it sort of just closed down, um, and within a short time of petting and cuddling with truffles, uh, <laughs>
0: brilliant name,
1: <laughs> which, which is a ridiculously cute dog uh, that looks very much like a teddy bear. Um, she was talking, uh, and she hadn't talked for you know a, a month or two, so wow. it's just amazing. And of course, there was tears all all around the mother was was crying the social worker was crying and the the dog handler was uh was crying as well so you know just 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 brilliant and that's just you know that's just one of many many examples of where our dogs in the community have just been able to sort of reach reach uh through and uh and and help somebody who's having a hard time just sort of move move forward a little bit we had a uh, a, a little boy who was really, really naughty at school, uh, and it turned out that he had a few issues, and he had, had anger issues and rest of it, but he wasn't talking to anybody about it. So never realised why he was being so naughty, and it was only through while he was cuddling and and um, and petting this dog that he had, he was able to express himself. And when he did, and he talked about his anger and his frustration. Then he was able to get some help, and I think he's now a police cadet. So um, wow, God, that's an yeah. so, amazing outcome. And the wonderful thing about my job is I get all this feedback, and I, I, I read it, and it's just like, wow, that's amazing, yeah. that's brilliant. Ah, oh, it's 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 a really good place to be to get all this 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 positivity back through through those those four-legged creatures that go out into the world and 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 make people smile and talk and and all those other
0: things we must be very very proud of what you've achieved with that mind-blowing really isn't it how it's grown and where it's developed to and how many people you've helped and then as I said that paying it forward and you know it goes on it ripples out doesn't it It ripples out from that place and you know you you probably will never know how many people that's actually helped and affected um which is you know I say I suppose a a benefit of having done this is that it just it, it keeps rippling out across people and helping them and you know yeah, I, I, I think I've just
1: been lucky enough to tap in to the commodity that is dog. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I exploit them uh, in, in a good way. They're happy for, them. for
0: that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and it kind of works for them because uh, they get treats and love and attention and fuss and that appreciation share works both ways so the dog gets that as well. So uh, yeah, I'm quite happy to exploit dogs in that way. Uh, because it's uh, it, it it works well and and so many people benefit.
0: Yeah, brilliant. Oh, it's been so good to talk to you. I knew uh, I've learned loads as well about how you um, train them and what the process looks like and things. It's fascinating. And uh, congratulations, really, on all the amazing work you're doing. It sounds fantastic. Thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for spending the time to talk to me today. It's been really lovely. Thank you for listening to the Keeping the Peace podcast. It's available wherever you listen to your podcasts and if you subscribe, you'll be notified of the next episode as soon as it's available. We'd love to hear your feedback and ideas for future podcasts so please do comment or get in touch on our social media platforms for either Fortis Therapy and Training or Oscar Kilo.